What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode, episode 34 of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joe Maylari. So today, I already broke down the Boston Park League finals game from last night in game four. Huge win for that Boston Athletics team, 8-2 to two over the EI Braves. Now I'm going to break down last Thursday night's preseason opener for the Patriots and the Giants. Giants won that game 23-21. I'm going to break down what happened in it, talk about what the Patriots did, the Giants did, the good, the bad, and then also preview tonight's Panthers and New England Patriots preseason game at Gillette Stadium at 7 o'clock tonight is that game. That's kickoff, so I'll preview that game at the end. I'll also preview the Giants-Bengals game. That'll be Sunday night at MetLife Stadium on NFL Network. So to start off in that Giants-Patriots game last Thursday night, the Giants got the victory 23-21. Last second field goal as time expired by Graham Gano, 24 yards. As time expired, each tick was important on that. Giants got it off, ended up winning the game. And as I said last week, it's a preseason game. I know Patriots fans aren't going to care as much as I do about a preseason game. But for me, every time the Giants suit up, every game is important to me. I want to win every single game the Giants suit up. Whether it's preseason, regular season, postseason, end of the regular season when we're 3-12, and fighting for the third pick or the second pick, or... It's regular season, week one, regular season, week 17, when it's the end of the year and we already know what our draft pick is. I don't care about a draft pick. I always want to win games. I always want to win games. And that doesn't change in the preseason. I always want to win games, even the preseason. So that Giants 23-21 victory over the Patriots was a great reason for me to celebrate. I know Patriots fans don't care as much about the preseason. But for me, obviously, being a Giants fan, we haven't had too many wins over the last few years. So I still celebrate every single win. Daniel Jones and the Giants' starting offense started that game, played two series in the first quarter. The Giants got a field goal in the first drive. The second drive was deterred by a Patriots blitz and a sack of Daniel Jones by Josh Uche, a Patriots linebacker. In those two drives, Saquon Barkley played the first drive of those two and looked very good, obviously coming off a couple injury-plagued seasons now for the Giants. Evan Neal, Giants' offensive tackle, only played one drive as well. Daniel Jones played two drives, 6 for 10 passing, 69 passing yards, one carry for 6 yards, and an 80.8 passer rating. Saquon Barkley, four carries, 13 yards, and a reception for 8 yards. Darius Slayton, who has been falling further and further down the depth shot in training camp, had a reception for 17 yards and a carry for 2 yards. One thing about Slayton, though, is I think he might even make the team still because of all the injuries we have at the wide receiver position. you got Kadarius Toney and... Sternwood Shepard both hurt. Sternwood Shepard is on the physically unable to play with, so he will not be playing this weekend against the Bengals, and neither will Kadarius Tony. So there's a chance Slayton still makes this roster, even with all the depth we have. Everyone's healthy. He probably doesn't make the roster. But with all the injuries we have, I think Darius Slayton makes this roster. And one thing I liked about the Giants is that I saw some pre-snap motion. And obviously it wasn't a ton because it's preseason, and they don't want to give away. And that's Brian Dable, the Giants offense. They don't want to give away a lot of their keys, and a lot of their playbook. But the Giants did some pre-snap motion. And that's something that's exciting for me because we didn't see that at all in the Joe Judge era. Finally, the Giants have a legitimate 21st century offense. Pre-snap motion, getting players the ball out in space. Motion screenplay for 17 yards of Darius Slayton is a great example of getting the ball to your receivers in open space. I'm excited to see what Wanda Robinson and Kadarius Tony can do in this Giants offense. Speaking of Wanda Robinson... 2022 second-round pick for this Giants team out of Kentucky. Did not even get a target in last Thursday's game, which was a big surprise to me. But I guess, as I said, you can't give away all the tricks in the preseason. You can't give away your whole playbook. And it's not a difference now. It's always the same. Patriots teams, Giants teams, every team uses vanilla and light playbooks to not give teams too much information about what they have on their playbook and their schemes in the preseason. 
Giants backup quarterback Tyrod Taylor was 13 for 21 on the field with 129 yards, passing a passing touchdown and a 95.1 passer rating. He looked very good. I think he's a very good insurance policy for Daniel Jones, especially if Daniel Jones gets hurt. Daniel Jones has missed games now all three years in a row now in his career, so it'll be very important for him now to get a backup quarterback that you can actually put in the game and not worry. Obviously, his rookie year at Eli Manning step in for a game against the Eagles on, I believe it was Thursday Night Football, and or it was Monday Night Football, and that was nice. Obviously, having Eli as your backup, but the last couple of years, the Giants have not had good backups. Have not had good backups. Besides in 2020, with the Giants had Colt McCoy as their backup quarterback, who even won a game for them against the Seattle Seahawks, threw a touchdown that game in Seattle. Huge win for that Giants team in 2020. And honestly, it was a turning point in that season. The Giants actually went on a little bit of a winning streak after that. But besides Colt McCoy in 2020, and obviously Eli Manning in 2019, the Giants have had awful backup quarterbacks. Last year, 2021, backup quarterbacks were Jake Fromm, second-year quarterback, first year really playing in the NFL. He was a backup quarterback for the Bills in 2020, and then also a practice squad quarterback on the Bills in 2021 before the Giants picked him up midseason. Played three games for the Giants last year. He was a second-year guy out of Georgia. Played three games for the Giants, two starts, 27 for 60, with a 45% completion percentage, 210 passing yards, one touchdown, and three picks. One touchdown, three picks in those two starts, and wasn't helping you much at all. Did have eight rushes over 65 yards, which is pretty good. But he was not helping you at all. He could not move the ball downfield. Could not move the ball downfield. And it wasn't a different story with Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon, journeyman backup quarterback in the NFL. You'd think he had at least a little more experience out there, maybe look like he's played an NFL game before. Since as a rookie in Tampa Bay in 2013, he actually played 13 games. 19 touchdowns, 9 picks. 19 touchdowns, 9 picks as a rookie in Tampa Bay. And then after that, it was really just a backup quarterback over the rest of his career. But in 2021 for the Giants, four starts, played in six games, 90 for 167 with a 53.9% completion percentage, 790 passing yards, four touchdowns, 10 interceptions, four touchdowns, 10 picks, 53.9% completion percentage, and just was not helping you at all. Did have one rushing touchdown, seven carries for 33 yards and a rushing touchdown. He was not helping you at all. He couldn't help you move the ball downfield at all. Not at all. And you look at his quarterback passer rating, 49.7 passer rating. With an 11.9 QBR. 11.9 QBR. And if you look at what Jake Fromm was, 15.4 quarterback rating, QBR, and a 38.9 passer rating. 38.9 passer rating for Jake Fromm. And you look at Mike Lennon's, not much better at all. 49.7 passer rating. And that's what Joe Judge had to deal with. And I don't think Joe Judge is the main issue with the Giants. I do think he's a big reason Daniel Jones regressed, which I'm going to talk about at some point. Whenever I get the energy, I'm going to give a crazy episode all about Daniel Jones and how the Giants have done him wrong. And I'm not going to do that today since I want to focus on the Giants-Pages preseason game. And no, I, I'm going off on a tangent now a little bit from that. But Joe Judge, you look at the quarterbacks that started for him last year. You got six games out of Mike Glennon with four starts. And three games out of Jake Fromm with two starts. Six games were started by Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm. Six games were started by Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm. Two of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. If you ranked every quarterback that started a game last year, Jake Fromm and Mike Lennon have to be at the bottom of that list. Have to be. Without question. If they, Let's say there were 70 started quarterbacks last year, or 60 started quarterbacks, or 50 started quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Let's say there were 55. Just a brief guess. Let's say there were 55 started quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm have to be 53 and 54, 54 and 55. Have to be. 
And just as I said that, I just found an article from Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com. He ranked all 62. There were 62 starter quarterbacks in the 2021 NFL season. He did an NFL index, quarterback index, ranking all 62 starting quarterbacks. And you know what Mike Glenn and Jake Fromm were? Just where I told you it'd be. Two of the three bottom quarterbacks in the NFL. Jake Fromm at 62. And Ian Book was 61st. And 60th was Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon was 60th. And Jake Fromm was 62nd. Two of the three worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL last year. So even though Joe Judge was a failure as a head coach. If you look at what he had to deal with though. Jake Fromm for three games. And Mike Glennon six games. Six dots between them, nine games combined. You got you had to start them six times. Six times you had to send them out there. Six times. And you look at their passing stats. In three games are from one passing touchdown, three picks, two fumbles, 45% completion percentage. Mike Lennon, 53.9% completion percentage, 790 passing yards in six games with four passing touchdowns and 10 picks with six fumbles. So obviously Joe Judge wasn't going to have any success last year. Once Daniel Jones went down, it was kind of the end of the season for the Giants. You didn't have Colt McCoy stepping in and maybe winning you a game. You definitely didn't have Tyrod Taylor as your backup. And that's why I think Tyrod Taylor is a great backup for this Giants team. Mobile quarterback can move, very experienced. And if you look at his stats last year, decent. Six games, 60.7% completion percentage with 966 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, five picks. Three rushing touchdowns with 151 rushing yards. That's a lot better than what you had out of Mike Glenn and Jake Fromm. He was 45th in the 62 quarterback ranking index, which obviously isn't great, but it's a lot better than what the Giants had last year. So I think Tyra Taylor is a great insurance policy for this Giants team. Now we'll get back on track with what happened in that Giants-Patriots game. So as I said, Tyra Taylor, 13-21, 129 passing yards, a passing touchdown, and a 95.1 passer rating. All four of those things, 13-21, 129 passing yards in less than a half a passing touchdown and a 95.1 pass rate you would not get from Jake Fromm or Mike Lennon, even combined. You get a couple picks, a fumble, and probably 13 of like 36 combined between them. But luckily, now we do have a good backup quarterback in Tyron Taylor. So I said Graham Gano with the game-winning field goal, 24-yard field goal as time expired. Out of other Giants players that really stood out, Giants linebacker Austin Calitro had not only a quarterback hit, Four total tackles and the only interception of the game. He played very well. The Giants' secondary, that's one thing I've been a little concerned about. After James Bradbury left, we ended up getting rid of him, releasing him just to save some cap space. Lost Bro Peppers in free agency. Let go of Logan Ryan. And now Jaron Williams out for the year as well. The Giants have lost a lot in that secondary. A lot of pieces. A lot of pieces. And then also lost Keon Crossan, who was more of a special team, but did get some reps at safety last year. So the Giants lost a ton at the cornerback at safety position. So I've been worried about that. But one thing I haven't been worried about is Adoree Jackson, which Aaron Robinson's the cornerback too, the cornerback starting opposite of Adoree Jackson. But he didn't play well at all. Adoree was starting, and so was Aaron Robinson. He was not playing well opposite of Adoree. Robinson rarely struggled, had an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in the end zone at second and goal from the four-yard line. Would have been third and goal from the four, but the penalty actually set up the Patriots from the one-yard line with first down. So, of course, naturally they score a touchdown. And the Patriots' touchdown was actually from backup quarterback Brian Hoyer to rookie wide receiver Tyquan Thorne. He had a pretty good game, only one catch, but it was a touchdown, played very well. I'll definitely mention him a little more when I talk about the Patriots and how well they played 
at the end of this episode after I talk about the Giants. So, as I said, with the Giants, their secondary is something I've been a little bit worried about after losing Jabro Peppers, Logan Ryan, James Bradbury, Keon Cross, and Jaron Williams. That's a lot to lose right there, especially with Logan Ryan, Jabro Peppers, and James Bradbury, since Bradbury is your starting cornerback, CB1, and the other two are your starting safeties the past couple seasons now in 2020 and 2021. So you lost your two starting safeties. I know Jabro Peppers did miss some time, but you lost your two starting safeties from the 2020 and 2021 seasons, and Logan Ryan and Jabril Peppers, both of them I was a big fan of, and then you lose James Bradbury, who's your starting cornerback for a couple of years and played very well his first year, second year was all right. But one thing I'm sure about is Adoree Jackson. I'm very, very high on Adoree Jackson. I'm happy I can give you this host spiel and a breakdown of how he's one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL. And I've always thought he was a beast. I'm a big Adoree guy, and now i got a lot of numbers to break down how successful and how elite and talented he's been as a cornerback in the NFL. So the cornerbacks with the fewest yards allowed after catch last year in the 2021 season, A.J. Terrell, first with 93, Adoree Jackson, second, in fewest yards allowed after catch last year, 96. 96. Another stat. According to Pro Football Focus, which short is PFF, according to PFF, the most forced incompletions among rookies by season since 2016 Adoree Jackson is first with 19 forced incompletions as a rookie, which he was a rookie in 2017. The next closest is Jalen Johnson in 2020 with 14. So Adoree Jackson made a mock in the league the second he stepped foot in the NFL. He was great right away. Very good rookie. 19 forced incompletions as a rookie. The most by a rookie since 2016. He is the most. Number one. In another stat, according to PFF, the highest... Coverage grade when lined up outside, so outside corner, from 2018 to 2020. So the highest coverage grade for an outside corner from 2018 to 2020. Adoree Jackson is fourth over that 2018 to 2020 stretch with an 85.6 rating. Behind only Stephon Gilmore, Richard Sherman, and Jair Alexander over that 2018 to 2020 stretch. He was the fourth highest graded cover corner on the outside from 2018 to 2020. And here's an even better PFF statistic. Among cornerbacks from 2010 to 2019, Adoree Jackson has the second highest forced incompletion percentage in the NFL among cornerbacks from 2010 to 2019 with an 18.4% forced incompletion percentage. That is the second highest among all cornerbacks in the NFL from 2010 to 2019. And he only played the 2017, 2018, 2019 seasons over that stretch. But the second highest forced incompletion percentage among cornerbacks. Number one was Casey Hayward with a 19.3% incompletion percentage. And Adoree Jackson was tied to second with Ross Cockrell with an 18.4% forced incompletion percentage. As I said, tied to second in the NFL among cornerbacks from 2010 to 2019. According to PFF on throws... 20-plus yards downfield from 2017 to 2019. So Adoree Jackson's first three years in the NFL. Adoree Jackson was targeted 48 times with 22 forced incompletions and only 12 receptions allowed. Only gave up 12 catches on 48 targets on throws 20-plus yards downfield from 2017 to 2019, his first three years in the NFL. So 25% of the time he gave up a catch on throws 20-plus yards downfield when he was in coverage. Adoree Jackson has been elite, according to PFF. Elite. Among most valuable cornerbacks from 2017 to 2019, per Pro Football Focus's wins above replacement statistic, 
Adoree Jackson is fourth among most valuable cornerbacks in wins above replacement behind Stephon Gilmore, Casey Hayward, and Jalen Ramsey. He's behind only three cornerbacks and most valuable from 2017 to 2019 in pro football focus wins above replacement. Fourth highest, Gilmore, Hayward, Ramsey are the only three cornerbacks better over that 2017 to 2019 three-year stretch in Adoree's first three seasons in the NFL. Only three cornerbacks have a better wins above replacement. He's the fourth most valuable cornerback from 2017 to 2019. And he's also the fourth highest rated cornerback from 2018 to 2020. So his second, third, and fourth year in the NFL, he was ranked still the fourth highest rated cornerback in the NFL. And one last thing about that same statistic, he was the 15th highest rated cornerback according to PFF from the 2019 to 2020 seasons, a 75.8 pro football focus rating, which isn't bad. Not a bad rating, 75.8 grade. 15th highest rated cornerback from 2019 to 2020 seasons. Adoree Jackson passes 20-plus yards downfield from 2017 to 2020. Four seasons. 51 targets, 14 receptions allowed, 18 forced incompletions, which is actually the second most in the NFL among cornerbacks on passes 20-plus yards downfield. And I'll repeat that one more time. Second most forced incompletions in the NFL from 2017 to 2020, those four seasons, in forced incompletions on throws 20-plus yards downfield. 51 targets, 14 receptions allowed, 18 forced incompletions. He gave up 14 completions, 20-plus yards downfield in four seasons, and had 18 forced incompletions over that four-year stretch on throws 20-plus yards downfield. He had four more incompletions and he had receptions allowed on throws 20 plus yards downfield four more incompletions than completions allowed as a rookie in 2017 he played 1165 snaps the most among all 2017 rookies in the nfl so very durable player over that stretch he did get hurt a little though over the end of his career with the tennessee titans the highest forced incompletion percentage on targets 20 plus yards downfield in the 2018-2019 seasons adoree jackson was second with a 40% forced incompletion percentage. 40% forced incompletion percentage in the 2018 to 2019 seasons on throws 20-plus yards downfield when he was targeted. 40% forced incompletion percentage, which, as I said, second best in the NFL in forced incompletion percentage on targets 20-plus yards downfield in the 2018-2019 seasons. In 2019, he was the eighth-highest graded cornerback in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus, with a 79.9 grade. In 2021 with the Giants, his first year in New York, 13 games, a 74.9 Pro Football Focus grade, which was good enough for 17th out of 115 qualified cornerbacks. An 80.9 Pro Football Focus cover grade, which is fourth best among all 115 qualified cornerbacks. Fourth best cover grade, according to Pro Football Focus, 80.9 grade in the 2021 season. 304 yards allowed, which is 28th best out of 129 cornerbacks. A 73.4 passer rating allowed, which was 17th out of 129 qualified cornerbacks. And a 55.7% completion percentage allowed, 18th best among 129 cornerbacks in the NFL last year. With eight passes defended and an interception and had zero penalties. Adoree Jackson had zero penalties last year. He was the 12th highest rated cornerback among outside cornerbacks in the NFL in the 2020 and 2021 seasons. So Pro Football Focus ranks the best cornerbacks heading into the 2020 season and 2021 seasons. They did both the last two years.
from the 2020 season to the 2021 season and the 2021 season to the 2022 season. So before the 2021 season and before the 2022 season, that is. Adoree Jackson was the 12th ranked cornerback in both the 2021 and 2022 preseason rankings. 12th highest rated cornerback among outside cornerbacks in the NFL before both the 2021 and 2022 NFL seasons. He had an interception, 62 combined tackles, a tackle for a loss, eight passes defended in 13 games last year, allowed a 69 passer rating, which was actually his career best, and a 51.2% completion percentage allowed last year, with two passing touchdowns allowed. He had zero penalties last year with the Giants. Zero. And it's very easy for starting cornerbacks and cornerbacks and safeties and linebackers in the NFL today, regardless of if you're starting or you're not, to get called for pass interference call. He did not get rung up for one penalty last year. He didn't get called for one penalty, not one. Adoree Jackson is one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL this year. And even though I might worry a little bit about that Giants secondary, I have comfort knowing he's my number one corner, my cornerback one on the outside. He was the 12th ranked cornerback heading into this season. And if you want to know where James Bradbury's ranked, 22. So the guy we just cut, who was our cornerback one originally, is the 22nd ranked outside cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus. Adoree Jackson, 12th. And a couple more stats from Pro Football Focus I didn't want to miss. Among qualifying cornerbacks since 2019, he had the fifth lowest target rate, 12%, the sixth most passing stops, 29, and the second fewest yards per coverage snap with 0.69 yards per coverage snap. He had the fifth lowest target rate, the sixth most passing stops, and the second fewest yards per coverage snap in the NFL since 2019. So obviously quarterbacks are trying to avoid throwing in his direction. He's been dominant, he's been elite, and he's been one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL. One of the most underrated cornerbacks. And I'm excited to see him ball out this year. I love Adoree, love that 22 jersey on him. Looking forward to a big year from Adoree Jackson in that giant secondary. Which they got Donnay Holmes, they got a couple guys they just drafted, Dane Belton, a safety out of Iowa. He's hurt actually right now, but they got a couple guys I'm excited about. Yusuf Corker, undrafted free agent pickup out of Kentucky. Hustles, gives it his all every single play. A nice couple tackles in that Patriots game. He gives it his all every single play, Yusuf Corker. Big, big pickup there as an undrafted free agent by that Giants secondary. Joe Shane's done a great job. So Dory Jackson, Donnie Holmes, Aaron Robson did struggle though, so hopefully he gets better. But those two guys I just named, Donnie Holmes, Dory Jackson, keep your eye out for both those cornerbacks. And then they got Xavier McKinney, 30th safety now out of Alabama that could be an all-pro this year with how much talent he has. So obviously there's a lot to look forward to for this Giants secondary. And hopefully this defense now getting Kayvon Thibodeau, getting Ellison Smith back, a pass rush we drafted in 2021, getting Aziz Ojalari back. They got a lot of good pass rushes. Leonard Williams is hurt right now, but that's four guys right there that should be able to get to the quarterback this year for the Giants. Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau, Ellison Smith, and Aziz Ojalari. So hopefully the Giants have a good year this year on defense, and I'm looking forward to seeing them play, hopefully, some snaps in the second preseason game against the Bengals. So the Giants did have some injuries in last week's preseason game against the Patriots. Giants starting guard Shane Lemieux exited the game with a toe injury. And then also 2022 rookie cornerback Cordell Flott out of LSU left the game with a leg injury. So obviously the Giants still have no luck with injuries. Now I'm going to talk about some of the good things. The Giants running back room was the most positive thing I saw in that game. The Giants running back depth is very, very deep. They didn't even have Matt Breida play last Thursday night. Antonio Williams 
was the second running back out of Saquon Barkley went out, nine carries, 61 yards, a rushing touchdown, and 6.8 yards per carry. Gary Brightwell shared some of those RB2 carries with Antonio Williams, had seven carries for 40 yards, two catches for 19 yards. Jay Sean Corbin, a rookie out of Florida State, as I said, that was a guy I told you guys to keep your eye on, played very well. Played very well for the Giants last week. Six carries to 23 rushing yards, five catches to 28 yards, and also had 125 all-purpose yards total with three kick returns of 74 yards and a long of 34. So very good game there for Corbin. Hopefully he has a big week this week against the Bengals. And then Giants international running back Sandro Platzgummer from Australia had three carries to 21 yards, seven yards per carry on average, and a carry of 15 yards for first down in the Giants game-winning drive. Had a huge carry. I think it was about the 25-yard line. Gave the Giants a first down about the 10. Another positive thing. Quarterback Daniel Jones played well, in my opinion. He did have one missed throw, but he should have had a touchdown pass to Galladay, who dropped it on the 4-yard line. It wasn't Daniel Jones' fault there. There was a Daniel Jones out route to a running back that he should have hit, but he threw it a little too high, which is fine. That happens. But Galladay, he gave a nice throw to. Should have been at least a first down, even a touchdown, probably, on third down inside the 10-yard line. And Galladay dropped it on the four-yard line. It was the first drive of the game. The Giants ended up settling for a field goal. But they could have got a touchdown out of it. And Galladay dropped it. He's been very disappointing as a Giant now in his second season. But one thing with Daniel Jones is I'm not worried about him. Even though Brian Dable and said that Tyrod Taylor is going to get some first-team reps in the next preseason game versus the Bengals, that's just in case if Daniel Jones gets hurt. A lot of teams do that where they play their backup quarterback with the first string just to get some reps and get some chemistry with those first-string guys just in case you have to come in to a situation when Daniel Jones is hurt. That's only natural, and obviously that makes sense, especially considering Daniel Jones is hurt in all three years he's been in the NFL. He's missed games with injuries. Another Giants positive, rookie linebacker Micah McFadden played very well, had an 88.4 pro football focus grade on Thursday night, last Thursday night that is, the second highest among all rookie defenders in last week's Thursday night games. There were two Thursday games last week. He had the second highest grade among all rookie defenders in last week's Thursday games. Four tackles, two solo tackles out of those four. And then Cordell Flott was fourth among all rookie defenders in Thursday games last week in week one of the preseason with a 79.3 grade. So Giants quarterback Cordell Flott was fourth with a 79.3 grade in last week's Thursday night game. Wide receiver Colin Johnson played very well. Seven catches, 82 yards. Did have a fumble, though. His fumble was very costly, too, and that was early in the game. The Giants can't fumble the ball. It's one thing we know. The Giants have had the issue with turnovers now in the past couple of years, just as they have had their issues with injuries. Can't turn the ball over, can't get injured. Colin Johnson did the second part of what I just said. Can't turn the ball over, fumble the ball, but did play well. Seven catches for 82 yards. And then wide receiver Richie James, who the Giants picked up from the 49ers, had a very good game. Three catches for 44 yards and a touchdown catch from Tyrod Taylor. He had a great zig route, I believe it was in the second quarter. Turned the Patriots cornerback inside out on it and was wide open. Great play by him and Tyrod Taylor. Three catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown for Richie James. And then bad things. Kenny Galladay. Doesn't hustle, doesn't care, dropped a first down or a touchdown, would have been at least a first down, probably a touchdown in my opinion, on the four-yard line in the first quarter, in the first drive of the game. And I never liked the Galladay signing. I never liked it. $21 million cap hit this season, next season, and the season after. So the next three seasons, this upcoming season and two more, Kenny Galladay has a $21 million cap hit. One of the worst contracts in the sport in my opinion. 
And I'd trade him, honestly, with a second-round pick. And I don't even know if this is an offer. I'm not sure what linebacker Roquan Smith's trade value is right now since he just requested a trade out of Chicago. I'm not sure what his value is right now and what the Bears are going to want. But if the offer was a second-round pick in Kenny Galladay for Roquan Smith for just one season of him, I'd do that in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat if I were the Giants. And as I said, I'm not sure what his trade price is right now for Roquan Smith. Not sure what the asking price is trading-wise. But he wants out of Chicago, and the Giants could get rid of a second-round pick with Galladay, get rid of those three years of $21 million, $63 million over the next three seasons. It's worth it for just one year, Roquan Smith. And he's a very good tackler, too. And if you look at Roquan Smith, had 163 combined tackles, three sacks, and 12 tackles for a loss with a pick six in 2021 in 17 games. He's a two-time All-Pro, a free agent after this season, getting $9 million on the Chicago Salary cap right now, so $9 million cap hit for the season. Free agent after this year. Two-time All-Pro selection, and as I said, 163 combined tackles this year with three sacks, 12 tackles for a loss, a 53-yard pick six return in 17 games this year. Didn't miss a game. He's only missed four games in his whole entire four-year career. 61 games he's played in out of 65 possible games. He's had 100-plus combined tackles and at least one interception in all four years in the NFL. He had 100-plus combined tackles in all four years played in the NFL and at least one interception in all four years. So he shows he can add some value in the pass coverage game as well. And one last thing about Smith. 98 solo tackles and 18 tackles for a loss in 2020. In 2021, 95 solo tackles, 163 combined tackles, three sacks, 12 tackles for a loss, and a 53-yard pick six in 17 games. And has only missed four games in his whole entire four-year career. So he not only helps you Pass coverage-wise, can add a pick six. Helps you pass rush-wise. Had three sacks last year and a 12 tackles for a loss. Helps you in the run game. Helps you in the tackling game with 163 combined tackles last year. Has had 100-plus combined tackles in all four years in the NFL. And then also has only missed four games. So he helps you health-wise. That'd be a huge pickup for that Giants team. Not sure if they'd ever do it, but it'd be interesting to see what first-year GM... Of the Chicago Bears is going to do. Ryan Poles went to BC. First year GM for them. Interesting to see what he's going to do with Roquan Smith. So one more bad thing. Cornerback Aaron Robinson. Which I mentioned him already earlier in this episode. Had the taunting call in the end zone. Gave the Patriots the first down. They ended up scoring a touchdown. From Brian Hoyer to Tyquan Thornton. And then allowed three catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Only 14 snaps. In 14 snaps he got targeted. And gave up three catches in 44 yards on a touchdown. So the Patriots were not afraid to go after him, and that was their game plan. Target Aaron Robinson. Target him. And obviously, Bill Belichick and Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, they probably all made the offensive game plan together. And Joe Judge knows the Giants' cornerbacks' ins and outs. He was there last year with Aaron Robinson when he was a rookie. Robinson only played a few games. He was on the PUP list, the physically unable to play list for some time, too, with an injury. But he knows Aaron Robinson... And that must have been the game plan. Target Aaron Robinson. Because Joe Judge knows he was there last year in the Giants' practices and games and huddles. He knows the ins and outs of all the Giants' players. Since he was obviously coaching there for two years and one year with Aaron Robinson. And one last negative for the Giants. Offensive line depth. Evan Neal was alright in his first preseason game. First preseason action. So you can't expect too much. He'll definitely get better though. Only one game. Only played one series. But he did allow a couple pressures. But he's only a rookie. It's going to take him some time, just like it took Andrew Thomas time. And now Andrew Thomas is very good. So I think it'll take him a little time, but I think he's going to get there, and I'm excited to see him this year. 
on that right side. That Giants team needed a right tackle desperately, and I'm excited to see Evan Neal play. But the Giants already lost Marcus McKeithen, a rookie out of UNC, a rookie guard already out for the year. They lost Matt Gano with a neck injury for the year, and then Shane Lemieux got hurt last week in Thursday's preseason game. So the Giants have had their injuries, offensive line depth, and injuries are another bad thing for this Giants team. So now I'm going to transition to the Patriots and what they did in last week's game. They also got a chance at the end of the game with a minute and a half to go with the ball if Bill Belichick decided to use his three timeouts. But he didn't. He didn't give the Patriots offense a shot in a two-minute row to go down the field to try to win the game. He let the clock run out, and the Giants ended up kicking a game-winning field goal as time expired. Very interesting choice there by Bill Belichick. So I thought maybe you'd think, let's see what these young guys can do in a two-minute row. See if they can go down the field with a minute to go and one timeout. See if these guys can get us in field goal range or get us a touchdown to win the game. But obviously that wasn't Belichick's game plan. And another part of Belichick's game plan that wasn't a thing was playing the starters. Mac Jones did not play. Most of the Patriots starters did not play. So there's not much to say about the good and bad of the Patriots team since you really can grade the good and bad of the team based off of their second and third string guys. But one guy that did play for the Patriots as a starter, Cole Strange, rookie guard, first round pick out of Chattanooga. He played last week and honestly played very well for them. Finished his plays very strong. Played 14 snaps, didn't allow a pressure, and was actually the only starter on the Patriots' whole offensive line. So it's hard to go out there and be the only offensive starter on the offensive line. Because at the end of the day, you're playing with backups, and they're probably getting beat, so it might make you look bad too. But he looked great. Didn't allow a pressure in 14 snaps. He moved his feet very well on Pope plays too. And in this Patriots' offensive system, a Shanahan system where you're going to be moving the ball and the offensive line, you're going to have to pull a lot. He looked pretty good. He had a good game. Both the Pats and Giants both had a sack and four quarterback hits apiece. Neither one really had constant pressure on the quarterback. Tyquan Thornton, rookie wide receiver at a bailout, second-round pick at 50th overall for the Patriots this year. Played very well, two catches, nine yards, and a touchdown and 22 snaps. Obviously, wasn't much offensive production besides a touchdown. Only two catches for nine yards, but did have a touchdown in those two. Wide receiver Lil Jordan Humphrey had six catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. He played very well for the Patriots. 2020 undrafted free agent wide receiver out of Southeast Missouri State. Christian Wilkerson had eight catches for 99 yards for the Patriots and a long of 33 yards. He honestly played very well, especially considering, I mean, this is a typical Patriots wide receiver, a typical Patriot player. Southeast Missouri State. No one knows who the guy is, and he played very well. That's a typical Belichick pickup. Eight catches for 99 yards and a long reception of 33. He unfortunately left practice on Wednesday on a cot, a tough injury considering it was a practice play where they're supposed to go at half speed, and one of the cornerbacks or safeties, Kenny Robinson, on the Panthers went full speed, stood over and taunted, and ended up causing a whole scuffle, four scuffles in total over the last couple of days in joint practices between the two teams. Next up, Patriots rookie quarterback Bailey Zappi went 19-32 for 32 on the field with 205 passing yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He was sacked once and had a 75.7 passer rating. NFL longtime backup quarterback Brian Hoyer was 5-for-8 with 59 passing yards, a passing touchdown, and a 124 passer rating. He played very well. And Zappi, 75.7 passer rating, didn't play that great. He didn't really show too much promise in my eyes. I know it's only one preseason game, but he didn't wow me at all out there. Had a couple good plays, but wasn't great. 205 passing yards are pretty good if you look at that in the stat sheet. But if you watch the game, he didn't look that great. He looked all right. And then Brian Hoyer played very well, 5-for-8, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Matt Patricia called plays for the Patriots for the first two series of the game on offense, and then Joe Judge called the remainder of the plays on offense 
Unsure who will be the play caller in week one for the Patriots this year. I'm unsure who's going to be play caller tonight in tonight's preseason game versus the Panthers. Belichick said they're still evaluating the situation, so I would never give you an answer anyways. Patricia was calling plays with two drives last Thursday night. The Patriots averaged 5.5 yards per play and had seven points scored in those two drives. Joe Judge had eight drives calling plays with 4.8 yards per play on average and had 14 points scored on those eight drives. So now to preview tonight's Patriots-Panthers game at Gillette Stadium. This will be the second preseason game for both teams. The Patriots starters are expected to play with Mac Jones, probably playing at least a few drives. According to Mike Reese, the Patriots starters aren't going to play any more than a half. So I still even think that's too much. I think they'll play a couple drives, get a little warm, use the new offensive system, get some plays to see you know what they got and who they got in their offensive line. So that'll be exciting for Patriots fans to see Mac Jones. The Panthers will be sitting most of their starters and will be playing most of their second and third string guys. So opposite of what the Giants-Patriots game was last week, the Giants played all their starters and the Patriots played all their second and third string guys. Now it'll be the reverse. The Patriots playing a lot of their starters and now the Panthers playing a lot of their second and third string guys. So we'll see what the Patriots offense looks like versus second and third string guys on the Carolina Panthers. And as for the Panthers... Quarterbacks Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald, who have been battling it out during training camp. Right now, it seems like Baker Mayfield will be the week one starter for the Panthers. But Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald will both be sitting out of tonight's preseason game. And honestly, it's been a very interesting quarterback battle. The first pick in the third pick of the 2018 NFL Draft. Going at it now. Both of them on two different teams and they got drafted on. Baker was first pick to the Browns in 2018. Donald third pick to the New York Jets. This is Donald's second year with the Carolina Panthers, and this is Baker Mayfield's first year with the Panthers. But very interesting quarterback battle between the two of them, and right now it seems like Baker Mayfield will be the week one starter, but nothing official yet. P.J. Walker will get the start for Carolina as the quarterback. He's started a couple games over the last couple years. He's one guy to keep your eye on. Very mobile quarterback and move. Also has a good arm, too. So excited to see him play a little tonight. Excited to see what the Patriots offense brings as well. I think you got to keep your eye on the Patriots. Tyquan Thornton again. And then also keep your eye on Mac Jones. See what he looks like in this new Patriots offensive system. And then obviously keep your eye on Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, seeing who's going to be calling the plays there. And then obviously on the Panthers side, Keep your eye on P.J. Walker. He'll be starting for them at quarterback. And then maybe keep your eye on linebacker Isaiah Graham-Obley, who was a B.C. former linebacker last year, transferred into B.C. from Temple, was very good with B.C. last season, and he's actually on the Panthers. So keep your eye on him. He'll be their second-string linebacker right now on the depth chart. So he should be starting tonight and playing in tonight's game. Last season with B.C., had 52 total tackles, 2.5 tackles for a loss, 18 assisted tackles, and 9 games played. So he was good last year with BC. Excited to see him play tonight for that Carolina team. And then one other guy to keep your eye on, Deontay Brown. A sixth-round pick guard in 2021 to the Carolina Panthers out of Alabama. The guy's huge. 6'4", 350 guard. He was very good at Alabama. Two-time college football national champion. Helped them out win two championships. Started for them a couple seasons. Was also first-team All-SEC one year with Alabama. And honestly... I was surprised he fell that far to the sixth round. He's a very good player. And his presence in the interior of that offensive line for Alabama helped them have the number one pass efficiency offense in the whole entire college football landscape, number two passing offense in general in college football, number two total offense, and the number 23 rushing attack in college football last year, and the number one scoring offense in the 2020 season with 48.5 points per game. So he's a big part of that Alabama offense, and he's a big reason especially considering how good he was on that interior of the offensive line, 6'4", 350. 
And the Carolina Panthers could definitely use him out there. And hopefully he improves this year and helps out on that offensive line. They obviously drafted a Kemakwanu, a first-round pick, sixth overall to the Carolina Panthers out of NC State. Big left tackle. So hopefully both of those guys help out that Panthers offense since Donald or Mayfield, whatever one starts between the two, definitely would need that help. So now I'm going to transition to the Giants. They'll be hosting the Cincinnati Bengals at 7 p.m. on Sunday night on NFL Network. The Giants starters were originally supposed to play, but now things will probably change. And that has to do with all the Giants' injuries on the offensive line. A lot of the Giants' offensive linemen are hurt, and I don't think the Giants are going to want to put Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley out there in harm's way. Especially considering both of those guys have gotten hurt a ton over the last few years. So you have to think Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley probably don't play. Maybe they do for a series, but I doubt the Giants are going to risk that now with a lot of their offensive linemen out. Maybe they'll still play. Who knows? But if you look at it, the Giants are onto their sixth center. Sixth center in training camp. Sixth center in training camp because of injuries. Sixth. Their first team offensive line today was left tackle Andrew Thomas, left guard Devery Hamilton, center Max Garcia, Right guard, Mark Lewinsky, and right tackle, Evan Neal. Only three of those guys, Andrew Thomas at left tackle, right guard, Mark Lewinsky, and then right tackle, Evan Neal, are starters on this Giants offensive line. The other two, Hamilton and Garcia, are just filling in because the Giants have too many injuries right now. The Giants will be missing wide receivers, Kadarius Tony and Darius Slayton in Sunday's game with injuries. Offensive lineman, John Feliciano, supposed to be a starter on the offensive line. Ben Bredesen, a guy the Giants traded for from the Baltimore Ravens in the middle of the 2021 season. He started some games for us last year with all the injuries we had. He actually played very well in the Giants' preseason game last week. He'll be missing Sunday night's game. Josh Azudu, a rookie guard out of UNC, backup guard. He'll be missing Sunday's game. Shane Lemieux, starting left guard for this Giants team, will be missing Sunday's game as well. Jameel Douglas, a backup guard slash tackle we picked up from the Buffalo Bills. He'll be missing Sunday's game. And then Garrett McGinn, another backup offensive lineman, will be missing Sunday's game too. So you're missing, you're starting left guard and you're starting center without Lemieux and Feliciano. And then your backups that are pretty good too, Bredesen and Jameel Douglas. Both those guys will be out in Azudu. So I doubt the Giants are going to play Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley now. And if you do, it's going to be very quick. One series, two series. You don't want to get those guys hurt. And the Giants are already missing Marcus McKeithen. A late-round draft pick out of UNC, an offensive lineman. He's out for the year. And then also Matt Gono, as I said, with a neck injury. We signed him from the Atlanta Falcons in free agency. Ended up losing him as well to an injury. And ended up getting rid of him. And that doesn't even include what the Giants are missing in their running back room. Matt Breed and Gary Brightwell will both be missing Sunday's game as well. So Breed is second game in a row he's missing. So if you're not playing Saquon Barkley either, that's basically three running backs you don't have. So expect Jay Sean Corbin, Antonio Williams, and Sandro Platzgummer to get a lot of run in Sunday's game, especially considering Breed and Gary Brightwell are already out. And Saquon Barkley probably won't play, and even if he does, one or two series, in my eyes at least. And that's what I would do just to keep them healthy and safe for Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Tight ends Ricky Seals-Jones and Andre Miller will also be out in Sunday's game. And that's just the offense. Now you look at the Giants' defense with injuries. And a lot of key players, too. Defensive lineman, Leonard Williams. Number one on our payroll this year, $27 million on the cap. He'll be out of Sunday's game. Outside linebackers, Ellison Smith. A 2021 draft pick, a guy I already talked about earlier this episode. Six foot seven, Shows a promise, big guy. 
Could be a run stopper, maybe, like a defensive tackle if he's not an edge rusher or an outside linebacker. With obviously, they're trying to an outside linebacker now just to see what happens. But maybe he could be a 6'7 defensive tackle, maybe block some passes and bat some passes down, help out the Giants' pass defense. But you're already missing Leonard Williams, outside linebacker Ellison Smith, outside linebacker Jihad Ward, cornerbacks Cordell Flott and Rodarius Williams, and then safety Dane Belton, a safety rookie out of Iowa. So you're missing a ton. And that's some starters right there. Leonard Williams, and then Cordell Flott right on the edge of being a starter with Donnie Holmes. I think Donnie Holmes wins that matchup, especially considering how great a camp Donnie Holmes has had. I think Donnie Holmes wins that battle right there for the slot cornerback spot. But you're missing Leonard Williams. Ellison Smith could be a fringe starter. Who knows? Jihad Ward, good backup. Cordell Flott, as I said, rookie cornerback, battling right now for the slot corner position. But I think Donnie Holmes has that locked up. Donnie Holmes had the best camp for the Giants this year. He's been lighting it up every day of practice. In the first 12 practices in training camp, Donnie Holmes had six turnovers. Six. He's having the best camp I've seen the Giants cornerback have in years. And that's because you don't really hear about the Giants cornerbacks often. It's usually what the running backs are doing and the quarterback's doing. And maybe an edge rusher looks pretty good or a tackle looks good. You never really hear about the Giants secondary looking great. Especially considering before we you know signed James Bradbury and Logan Ryan and had Jabril Peppers, our secondary was B.W. Webb, Curtis Riley. We didn't really have much talent in that secondary a couple years ago, even though I did love Curtis Riley. But you never really hear about the Giants having great camps in the secondary. Besides, you know, the last couple of years, James Bradbury, obviously Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers. But Holmes is standing out heavily this training camp. He's looked great. Diving for interceptions, making plays, forcing fumbles. Had a one-handed interception of Daniel Jones in the end zone last week on a throw to Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson is foot six, So Daniel Jones must have lofted that ball up in the air. And Donnie Holmes went up and got it. He's looked great. Another guy that looks great for the Giants right now, Richie James, wide receiver, backup, and he'll probably get some time, more time now, in this game for the Giants. If you look at the wide receivers that are out, you already got Darius Slayton and Kadarius Toney out. I'd imagine Wondell Robinson and Kenny Galladay play very minimal if they play at all. So maybe Wondell will play a little bit since he's a rookie, but Galladay probably won't play much if he does. So I think Richie James, another guy that's been playing very well for this Giants team in camp, I think he'll play a good amount in Sunday's game. So that's a guy to keep your eye on. Jay Sean Corbin, another guy to keep your eye on. And then maybe Tyrod Taylor, too. If Daniel Jones doesn't play, he's going to get a lot of snaps. I think Davis Webb, Giants backup cornerback, third string. Giants former draft pick in 2016. I was always a big fan of Davis Webb. Thought he could have been the Giants' future at one point. And then obviously they end up drafting Kyle Lutter in 2017. But big fan of Davis Webb. Think he can be a good backup quarterback. He's a great mind for the game. Rooting for him to do well. And then the Giants also have three guys on the physically unable to play list. Wide receiver Sterling Shepard, so it's another receiver out. Shepard, Slate, and Tony, three of those guys out. Shep's on the PUP, so he's unable to practice. Son of Nick Gates. And then also offensive tackle Matt Pert. So Matt Pert, Nick Gates, Shane Lemieux, John Feliciano, Ben Bredesen, Josh Azudu, Jamil Douglas, Garrett McGinn, Marcus McKeithen, and Matt Gano. All offensive linemen the Giants have had hurt in training camp this year. All of them. The Giants got to do something about their training staff. They lead the league in injuries every single year. They were number one in the NFL last year in games missed for players. Number one. So there's a reason the Giants continue to be one of those injury-plagued teams in the NFL. Daniel Jones has been hurt all three years in the NFL he's played. Saquon Barkley's been banged up the last couple of years. The Giants need to change something in their strength and conditioning room. 
Something's got to change because you can't keep having these injuries. Anyways, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. It means a ton to me. Looking forward to seeing the Patriots status play tonight and also looking forward to the Giants game on Sunday, regardless of who's playing. As I said, whenever the Giants suit up, whether it's backup, status, preseason, regular season, postseason, Super Bowl, everything to me is a serious game when the Giants suit up. I want to win every single game they play, regardless of record, regardless of draft pick status, regardless of where we are wins and loss-wise, regardless of who's starting, whether it's Mike Lennon or Daniel Jones or Joe Montana. I want to win no matter who's starting for the Giants. So I'll be looking forward to that game on Sunday night. Anyways, thank you guys so much again for taking the time to listen to this. I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Thank you.